walking the season and waiting for Jesus and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, last week we managed to sneak out and find a Christmas tree. And uh, it wasn't easy, but I found one for 25 bucks. So, yeah, the alternative was cut down a big tree and snip the top off. But uh, <laughs> um, we had a good time cutting it down, going and doing that. And uh, we also have a Jesse tree in our house. Um, and if you have questions about what that is or you want to get one put together, you can talk to my wife. She'd be happy to help. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe you have different decorations that you put up at Christmas time. And, and um, you know, some of us do it from a festive standpoint. Some of us do it from both a festive, we like the colors and the sounds and the smells of the season, but we also are focusing on Jesus coming. Uh, that's the case uh, in our house. At least we try to have things point to Jesus, just like the various things that happen in here and change and, and whatnot. And, uh, the question was asked in the gospel lesson today about Jesus coming. It's a really important question that I'd like us to consider as we, go, as we walk through the sermon today. And it is this. Are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? Are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? In other words, is Jesus the real deal? Or should we keep looking? We don't have to look too far uh, in the lives of family and friends and perhaps sometimes even in our own lives for where we end up looking for the other, as it were. Looking for another, trying to find fulfillment, peace, joy. Hope, love, healing, wholeness, salvation, whatever the case may be, in other. There's a lot of other out there, and it masquerades as what's going to fill us and heal us and save us. Are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? Is Jesus the real deal, or should we keep looking? In Mark chapter 1, Jesus says, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the gospel. That's the same statement that we need to pay attention to in our own lives and in the lives of people around us. You know, as Christians, we are called to bring the kingdom with us wherever we go. The fragrance of Christ would follow us. And the scriptures today give us a beautiful picture of what that kingdom of God looks like that comes with Jesus. So we look at the life of Jesus, right? What did Jesus say? He said, uh, you know, you tell John, look at what's happening. <laughs> look at all these things that are taking place, and then you decide. So we look at the life of Jesus, and, you know, most people will at least acknowledge that he was a good teacher, right? He had some nice things to say. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't want to acknowledge the fact that Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. And they don't want to acknowledge the atonement and the necessity of Christ dying for our sins as a perfect, sinless sacrifice. But if you look at his life, he's different. He's not just a good teacher. There are lots of good teachers out there. But you look at the evidence of the interactions of Jesus Christ with every single person that bumped into him. 
throughout his life and ministry. And people's lives are literally changed. They are healed, they are delivered, they are saved, they are forgiven, they are restored, they are turned around and set on the way and the path of life. That doesn't happen with anybody else. There are things in our lives that we are uh, powerless over without the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The scriptures today are prophetic. They're telling us of what the coming of Jesus means. What it means, you know, on like a global level, a creation-wide redemption level event. <laughs> um, and what it means for us also on a very personal level. Some of us know that Jesus has knowledge of us on a very personal level. He knows what's hurt. He knows what's broken. He knows what are our secret struggles, the burdens that we carry, the weight of which is very great. So look at the psalm with me today. Um, we're just going to walk through it a little bit because it talks a lot about what happens when Jesus Christ comes into our lives and the kingdom of God is brought to life in us. Happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord their God. When we hope in anything other than the Lord, for any length of time, it really leads to brokenness and despair, doesn't it? When we hope in humans, even the best ones, they let us down eventually. If I haven't already, I will let you down. Okay? It'll happen. Because I'm still human. <laughs> but when we hope in the Lord, rather than ourselves, God is able to move in power in our lives as we trust in him. It's when we place our hope in the right person, in the right place. God's promises are true. He is always faithful. Nobody else is faithful like our God is. And nobody else is worthy of all of our trust and all of our hope. The psalmist had it right. The psalmist goes on, Who made heaven and earth the seas and all that is in them, who keeps his promise forever. Have you ever been the victim of a broken promise? Probably, right? I break them. They've been broken for me. It happens, right? God does not break his promises. You know, the psalmist is pointing out and saying, look around, everything that's been made, heaven, earth, the seas, all that's in them, the majesty, the glory, the magnitude of all creation, this one keeps their promises. And you can rely on that with everything. It's something you can put your weight down. The promises we hear about God in Scripture are true and trustworthy. He does not break them. He is a good God, and he desires goodness and holiness for us. Verse 6, who gives justice to those who are oppressed and food to those who hunger. Without Christ, we are hopelessly lost. We hunger and we thirst in life, trying to fill this eternal and spiritual stomach with temporal, transitory, and passing things that will always fail, that never last, and will never satisfy. You ever get a hankering for a good steak? Sorry for any vegetarians present. 
a good portabella grilled, okay? <laughs> Whatever the case may be, right, you know? <laughs> and nothing's going to satisfy you. But you eat that meal, and for a little while you feel full, but then you're hungry again. The hunger that we have is a spiritual hunger and it will never be filled with temporary physical things. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that has come down from heaven. Christ is the only one that will fill that in us. The Lord sets the prisoners free. Verse 7. Here we are. Jesus is coming, right? He's going to set prisoners free. Eventually, we become prisoners to these things that we have tried to fill ourselves with. So many people try to fill themselves with various things and then, you know, end up becoming addicted to them or they place too much reliance upon them. You know, um, it was jokingly said somewhere in the last 24 hours, your phone is your idol. Uh, <laughs> have you ever found like maybe you're looking at your phone a little bit too much or anything like that, you know, happens to me. I was in a tree stand one time deer hunting and I was watching deer videos on my phone and I looked up and there was a deer in front of me. You know, I was looking at my phone too much. <laughs> but seriously, we try to fill ourselves with these things. We become prisoners to these things and we have walked into those prison doors ourselves. Uh, we become prisoners to sin, to selfish desires, to trying to find happiness in life in ways other than are found in Jesus Christ. And we are blind to the truth of the gospel until the Lord moves in our lives. The next verse is God moving. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. You know, sometimes I'll talk with someone who lived a significant portion of their life not as a follower of Jesus Christ. And they tried to read the Bible during that time, and it seemed dry as dust to them. You know, it was just like a, some weird poetic history book, and nothing seemed alive to them. And then when the Lord called and drew them, and they trusted in Christ, and now the Holy Spirit is opening up the Word of God to them, it's like the words are flying off the page to them. And that's because the Lord has opened the eyes of the blind. He's torn the scales off of our hearts. And we're able to see the truth and have a hunger for the living bread. And we recognize that when we begin to eat of that bread, it's what we've been missing our whole lives. And that in many respects, we are prisoners to the things in our lives. And our lives are a wreck and a mess because we've been trying to fill ourselves up with the wrong stuff. When it really needs to be Jesus. We follow what seems right in our own hearts. We follow after our own desires. We don't really see the truth of God's ways versus the error of our ways because we're doing our level best to do the right thing. But when we don't have the goodness of God and the revelation of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to teach us, we're going to follow a very different path. The next verse says, The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. When we read his word, when we encounter Jesus, these things which we have been in bondage to are broken and they are made powerless by the blood of his cross. Christ lifts the weight that's been on us. He cancels the sin. He raises up our heads and we can come boldly to him. 
Have you been in a place in life ever where you've been bowed down by everything that's on your shoulders? You don't see how you're going to put one foot in front of the next because of what you're walking through right now or because of, you know, you're involved in something that you know you shouldn't be or you have a diagnosis or something in life is coming apart. The Lord desires to lift up those who are bowed down. He desires to take your burden and to give you his yoke. The Lord loves the righteous, the psalmist says. This is really important. Yeah, yeah, God loves me, right? We all know that. We've heard it before. How many times does it go in one ear and out the other? You mean to tell me that the creator of the universe, all that out there that we see showing up on the news that Hubble or whatever sees even further and further and further out, the beauty of the sunsets, the depths of the seas, the stuff that we can't even understand with science yet. The one that created all that loves you with an everlasting love and promises that will never fail. One of the greatest lies that Satan has been able to convince us of is that we are unlovable. Yeah, I know that God loves me. Do you really know it? Do you really know it? We think that we're so sinful, we're so unfaithful, or we're so bad, that while God might be able to redeem us just barely, he does so well holding his nose and turning his head. Right? <laughs> if we truly knew how much the Father loves us, if you truly knew how much God loves you, it would change the way you look at it. It would change the way you look at and love yourself. It would change the way that you're able to look at and love the people around you. And it honestly would also change the way that you love God. If we had a greater grasp. God, the Father, who loves you with an everlasting and undying love that is not conditional. We humans are the ones that put condition on love. You know, say, I don't feel loved, so I'm not, I don't really love that person. That's not the way God, the way God is. He loves us even though we reject him. And it's not some sort of weird esoteric love. It's a very personal, deep love, deep enough to send Jesus for us, even while we were in rebellion against God, doing the very opposite things that would show love for God. The psalmist continues, The Lord cares for the stranger. He sustains the orphan and widow. God cares about everyone. He cares about the lost and the least. The people on the fringes and, and the edges, the ones that aren't in the inner circle. The people who have lost everything, who live with very little. Live with very little. We also were once strangers from God. And we have been brought near to him. By Christ. So when we are tempted to think that God doesn't need to bother with us, the way that uh, society belittles the orphans and the widows and doesn't want to bother with them, except maybe to write a check once a year at Christmas time, God sustains, He provides, and He is more than enough. 
All these promises, they're the work of the Lord. It's for you, it's for me, and it is forever. It never passes away. God's promises are just as true now as they were when they were said back then. So, looking around this room, I know some of your stories. <laughs> and others of you uh, may not know another person's story uh, and that sort of thing in faith. And I can honestly say, looking around, this room is full of people who have experienced the reality of the kingdom of God coming near. There is a depth and a wealth of testimony of the work of God sitting here right now. It is glorious to behold. The fulfillment of the prophecies about Jesus. People forgiven. People delivered from addictions. People healed completely of cancer. People given strength to forgive things in their lives that society would say are completely unforgivable. People that have been healed from arthritis, from other conditions, from back pain. People divinely restored People with healed marriages who would never have made it without understanding that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Jesus and his kingdom are very much for us in this day and this hour, in this moment, in our lives. And so we as followers of Jesus live in that tension of this sort of already, not yet. Right? Our souls belong to the Lord, but our bodies are going to end up in the ground. <laughs> Unless Jesus comes back first. Uh, but we know that the kingdom is here and it is coming. So even as we know this reality and the presence of the kingdom of Christ in our lives, we are to live in such a way that the kingdom of God goes where we go. The prophet Isaiah laid out what Jesus was going to do. And then we see Jesus actually do it. Right? In the record of the Gospels. And now we know the reality of the fulfillment of these promises in our own lives thousands of years later. Are you seeing that it's a consistent story? It was prophesied a long time before Jesus physically walked the earth. And then what the prophet said Jesus was going to do, Jesus did. And Jesus is still doing it in us by the Holy Spirit today. If you're one of these scientific types that needs evidence, we have a lot more evidence now than they did back then. Because <laughs> we can look back at the totality of the historical record of who God is, what Jesus does, and how the Holy Spirit acts and moves. So God brings hope where all hope is lost, where all light has gone out. God brings healing and health where only sickness was once in charge. God brings strength to weakness, courage to fear. This is all straight out of our scriptures from today. You want a vision of the kingdom of God? Of what it looks like? You know, the church is full of broken people, so if you're coming to church and expecting perfection, you're not going to find it. You're going to find people that are seeking to walk with the Lord, that are learning to live into the kingdom, that are bringing their brokenness before the Lord, and learning and being healed and delivered and made whole. But we're not there yet. But the vision for the kingdom... The slice of heaven that the church is supposed to look like is seen here. It is glorious. A highway shall be there. It shall be called the holy way. 
The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. That line gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> if a fool can stay on the highway <laughs> of the Lord, maybe I'll make it. No. <laughs> no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Do you want to be a part of that? Does that sound attractive to you? Is it different from the life that you're living right now? I want to come back and close with the gospel question. Are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Jesus said, go and tell John what you see in here. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf, deaf hear, the dead are raised. The poor have good news brought to them. There's the evidence. There's the power of Jesus Christ bringing the kingdom of God. Jesus says, I'm real. This is real, and it will change your life now and eternally. And he extends the invitation. Will you come and see? Will you come and walk with me? Take my yoke. Learn from me. Live in my life. You were not meant to do this without me. Trust me. Walk with me. And I will save you. I will heal you. I will restore your brokenness. I will lift you up. I will cleanse you. I will satisfy your hunger and your thirst. And I will set all things right within you. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for Jesus, for the vision of the coming kingdom, for the way that you are setting all things right for the way that creation is being restored in large and in small ways. Thank you for Jesus, for the gift of his life, death, resurrection, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to begin to walk in the way that you would ask us to. Forgive us, Lord, in the places where we have divided hearts. Forgive us where we've been sort of following you, but then following other things and filling ourselves up with things that are not you that won't last. Lord, we lay those at the foot of your cross now. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us, restore us, heal us, set us on the right path. Give us a hunger and thirst that will only be satisfied by you by reading your word, by praying, by spending time with you. Continue to work and change and grow in us. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.